Welcome back to the fourth episode of the Groff Show podcast. We have a special guest today. Special, special, <laughs> special. I can't say it enough. Uh, former Montana legend, former teammate of mine, uh, now is the current director of recruiting at Ford Sports Performance in the Bellevue, Washington. I've actually never been there before. Yeah. Uh, the sixth god, Keenan <laughs> Curran. What is happening, baby? Yeah. Man, what is that, man? You throw that legend word out, man. There's some guys that are hey. doing some things. I'm, I'm kind of getting raced there, but but it's all hey. good, man. It's legend, bro. Uh, yeah, first sure. off, just kind of introduce yourself. Tell yeah. other people who you are. Who is Keenan Curran? Yeah, man. Um, you know, I'm just kind of a regu- regular guy that was blessed enough to play football. And, uh, you know, have some friends out there. But I'd say if I had to say who Keenan is um, – I don't know, man. Hardworking guy, um, you know, fun, fun dude. Um, just someone that wants to do good at everything he does. And, you know, I think that's led me to where I'm at today. Nice, bro. So, if you want to talk about uh, your childhood growing up, mm-hmm. um, some adversities you faced, like growing up and stuff like that. And I know you yeah. have a great relationship with your mom. Your mama's boy. Shout out, yeah. Mama Curran, if you're watching this. Yeah. this Absolutely. Is- yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I played football my whole life, and then. Um, I don't know, led me to, to play in high school. And then when I was done in high school, um, went to the Air Force Academy for a year. Um, after that, came back and uh, transferred over to Montana. And that's kind of where um, I would say my football journey kicked off, like really, really, really kind of solidified who I am in the game. So some of the, some of the sacrifices, man, um, obviously growing up, you know, I'm the youngest of four. Um, my mom was a single mom of four. And that in itself is going to drive some sacrifices and, and just hard times. But she always worked extremely hard. She would work multiple jobs if she needed to. Um, just trying to be the best mom, right, and best mentor to us, um, especially her three boys. It's like you don't have a dad in the house, so there's no male mentor. And, and a big thing she did was just surround us around people that were going to help us grow and learn and um, be better men, right? Mm-hmm. And there's some things that just a dad's got to teach you. And because ours were absent, she had to surround us around guys that she felt like were, were good role models and mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, some key sacrifices, I would say, um, you know, she would work a second job to send me like to camps and stuff like that. So any you know oh, wow. camps I wanted to go to, um, you know, there was obviously contingent upon me getting good grades. Right. Um, and I would do yard work to pay for like my high school football camps and then any external football camps that I wanted to go to she would work a second job to pay for. So um, that was huge, right? Like that's, I, I, mean, I probably can't thank her enough for that. I mean, all worth it. You got a scholarship offer, free school. Mm-hmm. I mean, geez, that's worth it. Um, yeah. yeah, next question, just talk about how you came to UM. I know you came from Air Force. Uh, what what the Air Force did you maybe not like there? Maybe wasn't your fit that led you to Montana, I guess. Yeah, um, I actually met Looking back in hindsight, I really did enjoy my time at Air Force. I think mm-hmm. coming from the inner city, if anybody knows what, you know, Federal Way or any right urban area, um, it's, it's challenging. And what Mon- or what the Air Force Academy did for me is instill structure and discipline into my life, right? Um, yeah, I was kind of like 
a likable kid in high school. So I could get by by just doing whatever, right? I could get by by not doing all my homework and just kind of cracking a smile at the teacher. Um, I could get by by not being the hardest working guy in the weight room mm-hmm. and just like having a good relationship with the coach where, you know, in the Air Force Academy, there's none of that, right? You diminish your ego. Everybody's got to work hard. You know, you're supporting your teammate. Um, so I love that. I love the discipline that I got from that. Now, on the other side, um, and I think this is probably the thing that drove me to Montana was the distance, um, the distance and the how locked down it is. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. my first year, I couldn't talk to my family for the first like three or four weeks. Um, yeah. So I didn't have my, my cell phone, couldn't talk to my family. Um, and then being so far away and not like the restrictiveness of not being able to leave when I want, go home when I want. Like I had to book that pretty much months in advance. Um, and I, I think I went home like three or four times in the entire school year. So as opposed to Montana, right. Um, eight hours from home, it's a super easy drive. If it's, mm-hmm. it's a, you know, 45 to an hour flight. Um, and that was, that was it for me. It was like, Hey, just being able to see my family. Nice dude. Um, so people were probably wondering how we met, um, back in, I think 2017 or something like that. I went to camp my junior year. I mean, before my junior year, I think it was going into my junior year. You were a camp counselor there because you worked the camps like every year. You and Kobe Eaton were the two Mm -hmm. people that like, just <laughs> you guys were like, always have high energy and stuff like that. And then yeah. junior day, you spoke at junior day, I think in 2017 too. You might not remember. Know, it was packed. It was like in the Adams center. I remember yeah. it vividly, but it was packed too. And then like the biggest thing that probably drove me here was the, the camp, my senior year. Um, I was like one of the, there was like a couple receivers there or whatever. And then there was Jacob Sermon. Shout out Jacob Sermon. If you're watching this, probably not, but he was at the camp. Because his little brother, Andrew, was his first yeah. kid. And I'm like, I looked and I was like, why is he here? Like, he's the lead 11 quarterback. Like, he's going to Washington. Yeah. Now he's at Central Michigan. Shout out Central Michigan. But yeah. anyways, and I, I remember you were like, bro, like, you're like, bro, uh, Jacob's going to throw you some routes for one-on-one. I was like, no way. I was like, what? Yeah. And then he was like, Pretty yeah. Cool experience, like, man. Like, yeah, you told me that you were like one of the best receivers at the camp. Like. And he made me look 10 times yeah. better. I don't even know how. And then just kept in contact and stuff. And then, geez, funny yeah. memory. Now, you, now look at you, man. Oh, now look at you, yeah. bro. You're director yeah, of recruiting. Now look at you, bro. man. No, nah, but um, actually, it's crazy. I was actually just sitting in front of Jake's jersey. So Jake, when he played in the uh, Under Armour All-American game, we got his jersey hung up in the facility. But yeah, man. <clears throat> and I, I was kind of, when I kind of read a little bit, I saw, I looked back on like some of those guys that I, I feel like that was a unique experience. It maybe led me to where I'm at today with, with helping kids was like the camp counselor stuff. Um, obviously from you guys, you didn't know that's how me and Kobe got our check to get to the summer. Right. I heard things have changed over there. Oh guys my gosh. They checks. treat them nice. Yeah. They're they treating treat them nice. nice. Now. <laughs> steak, steak, get lobster, man. We, we were, we were out there fitting for our own. So that's kind of how we got our check, but mm. any opportunity that you get as a, as a football player, player or as a mentor to sow into kids I think you got to take it seriously and so um that was my goal is to like learn that was almost my practice of being a football coach it's like got to learn how to you know coach up kids um teach you fundamentals but also like try to motivate you guys because you guys are here you know in hopes of earning an opportunity to play football for UM um, so we're going to teach you how they teach us, but it was cool. I was thinking about, you know, obviously you, um, guys that stick out, right. Rylan Ort, who unfortunately plays for the, the other guys, the kitty cats. 
those were guys that like, I just felt like I bonded with, you know, mm-hmm. built great relationships with. Um, and then to see you guys, you know, in your full swing of college football or whatever it is that mm-hmm. you guys are doing, yeah. it's kind of cool to see, right? It's cool to see just how time, you know, transpires and it takes you guys in different avenues. Mm-hmm. It's crazy too, like the Missoula community and stuff. Like I remember my freshman year, is at the spring game or whatever after people were like want my autograph i'm like bro like i'm a six string receiver like why why do you no want matter. my autograph <laughs> no matter, man. Matter. You're, you're a legend you're, you're you're a legend in your own right to them yeah how is so speaking about uh <clears throat> in the community how is your your time here you have any funny stories when you play football or like just in general time in missoula because i think missoula yeah. is a very underrated city for college it's a great college city to be honest it's a great man great uh yeah man. i would say some of my fondest memories are just uh like like you said right people coming up to you and asking for your autograph what's well, easy when you're in a jersey for them to come up and one of the coolest things is i was at costco one time uh and i'm just thinking you know when you're a college football player you're not like thinking oh i'm a celebrity you're just like man i'm trying to make ends meet i'm eating ramen noodles and like just trying to make it happen. But I was at Costco one time and a guy came up to me. He's like, Hey, you're, you know, you're Keenan, like you're Keenan Curran. I was like, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. like, Man, that's crazy. Like that's pretty dope. Right. And then, you know, fast forward, as soon as I was done playing football, um, I worked in the retail space for a little bit. So I was a manager at, you know, Nordstrom's out here, which is a, is a pretty big retail store. And I was, um, I was helping a guy and this is in Bellevue, Washington, right. I'm helping a guy, uh, <laughs> just find some clothes. Right. And he's like, yeah, this is what I'm looking for. I'm like trying to help him. Right. You know, I love fashion trying to help him look good. He's like, I got, you know, going on this date with my wife, want to look good, kind of trying to spice things up. And he looks at my name tag and he looks at me. He's like, man, you look really familiar. And I was like, huh? Like, I don't, I don't think I you know, met you before. And he was like, Keenan, Keenan, Keenan. He's like, man, is your last name Curran? And I was like, <laughs> I, and I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah, it is like, what strange. Like, how do you know me? He's like, man, you play football in Montana. I know you're a super motivated guy. I know you're always posting on your stories and just being yeah. around you as a teammate and stuff. What keeps you motivated? And what are some tips you got, I guess, have for people who like tend to lack motivation, like not want to wake up, not want to do something? Just what keeps you motivated? Yeah, man, I, I would say for me, it might be a little different. It's um, mm-hmm. it's kind of my failures, man. It's kind of my failures in life that keep me motivated. Um, I think I am successful because I have failed, right? Like, yeah. um, I've failed at, you know, I failed in football, right? Countless times. Um, I have failed in like work. Like I've not done a great job at work. I've, I've failed in relationships. I've felt like all of my failures are what drive me to be a better person. Um, because then I've learned from them. I've learned from those failures and now I can be a better person because of it. Um, so I'd say that that's what motivates me is that and knowing that I want to create a really good future for my family. Like I said, um, much didn't, you know, I didn't come from much, but much will come from me in the sense that like, I'd like to be able to, you know, if I didn't play football, I might not have went to college because I didn't, you know, I wouldn't have been able to pay for it. Mm -hmm. I'd like my kids to be in a situation that, Hey, if they want to go to college, just go to school. I want to be able to pay for that. Right. Mm -hmm. If they get a scholarship, cool. You know, here's, we'll, we'll put this on the tail end. So you have a down payment for a house. If they're in a job where they don't need my money, okay, well, let, let's set this aside for your kids, right? So I'm always thinking like 10 years in advance. I want to I want to make sure I've got a good, you know, stable life for my family. And that's kind of what drives me. But for someone that's not like me, let me, let me go. It's easy for me to be motivated. That's what I am. For someone that struggles to find motivation, 
um, take some time to yourself and find out what you really love. Mm. You know, like, like Jackson, you love football, right? And, yeah. and, and football has taken you to Montana. It's now like segued you into this broadcasting stuff and, and, and whatever you want to do. But like, if you do what you love and you honor what you love, it will eventually carry you to what you want to do. Right. Let's talk about Josh. Get me, Josh. Get me juice. <laughs> just talking about that. <laughs> like Josh loves helping people. Right. Josh mm. loves helping people. And that's probably like, you know, he, he made it to college football. And now he's going into like trying to be a doctor. Um, I, I just think that if you do what you love for long enough, you're going to figure out the thing that um, is for you. So my closing statement. Right. I know I talk a lot. I'm long winded, guys. Oh, you're um, good. I love, it's all I, truth. <laughs> yeah. I go by the, the phrase three P right? So 3P, right? Your passion plus your proclivity, right? Your proclivity is the thing that you um, have a tendency to just do naturally, okay? Like you just have a natural inclination to do this thing. That's your proclivity. Your passion is obviously the thing that you think about the most, that you, you know, aspire to do the most, right? That is your passion, right? Maybe it's football, maybe it's helping people, whatever it is, passion, okay? Passion plus proclivity equals purpose, right? So if you can find your purpose in life, you'll be good. Right. Like you, you won't feel like you're working a day in your life. You're just going to be doing, you're living out your purpose. And so, so I say three P find your passion, right. Reflect on the thing that you do most naturally and put those two together and you'll find your purpose. Dang, bro. It's crazy. Okay. So let's talk about your relationship with SFP um, for people who don't know who it is. And cause you've yeah. been there forever. And honestly, it's changed. Like from my it's perspective, see social media and stuff like that, all the stuff that you post about it, like it's been, it's been a huge change. If you want to talk about that yeah. and then your relationship with Tracy and stuff like that too. FSP to me is more of a family than anything, right? Um, <clears throat> Tracy is my older cousin. So I, I, I watched Tracy play football growing up, like Pop Warner through middle school, through high school. Um, he went and, and played football at, uh, you know, University of Idaho. He went to um, Portland State. You know, he, he did some great things, played for Montreal Alouettes. And um, I think his passion is to just be, you know, to help kids, right? To help kids. And, and sometimes he's a little, you know, brash and, and hardcore, but mm. I, I, you've experienced a college yeah. practice. That's what it is. So yeah. FSP started by him having a ladder and some cones out of his trunk. Right. He was training kids out of a trunk at a local high school and just getting them better speed and agility, quickness, um, all he knew how to do. He trained a guy. Um, he, well, he, he trained Buda Baker and Miles Jack, right, because he's a Bellevue product and trained them. And, and you know, another guy who um, is a business partner of his, he trained his son, um, not knowing that his his dad was one of the first uh, like 15 employees at Microsoft, you know, pretty, pretty deep pockets. Um, but the guy said, Hey, you know what, if, if you're doing such a good job with my son, I want to invest in you. Let's open up a facility. Um, so they opened up a smaller facility, kind of kitty corner to where we're at now. Mm. It's probably, uh, I don't know, probably 8,000 square feet. Um, but there's a lot of work that got done in there, man. A lot of guys came through those walls and, um, trained and, <clears throat> and got better. And, and we are probably the cutting edge of like seven on seven in the Northwest, right? We started that. And Tracy took like a group of college guys down to Portland State and we played Western Oregon, Portland State, Linfield um, and some other school. And like that was it. Right. And this was my senior year in high school. We went down and just tried to get some exposure, play against those guys um, to get a feel. And then from there, I was like, OK, I'm going to do it with high school kids. 
And then we did it and we did it well, right? Because we incorporated training into it, like training and speed, agility, you know, conditioning, that is our thing. We just happen to do other things. So we incorporated training into seven on seven. And then our guys started to look bigger, faster, stronger than most kids in high school. So then we got to, whenever we went to national tournaments, they would call us like the monsters. Mm. Um, and then our guys started to get attention. Right. And then we started putting guys out and then we were fortunate enough that, um, we expanded and now we're in a, you know, 25,000 square feet facility with, wow. you know, 50 yards of field turf and a fully functioning weight room. We've got a, a physical mm-hmm. therapy clinic. We've got a player's lounge. We've got, like, I'm sitting in one of our meeting rooms. Um, we've got an academic center. We've got everything. Mm-hmm. We've got a, we've got a recovery lounge um, outside of the sports physical therapy clinic with, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a sauna and Normatex and everything that, you know, you would have in college pretty much. Um, and that's kind of, you know, what it's grown to, right? But it started with just training. Now it's seven on seven. Now we're going to have a club football team. Um, we train soccer. We train, we have a track team. We've got a baseball team. We've got everything, right? Mm-hmm. But it started with, it was just passion. It started with trying to make kids better. Um, and so I'm fortunate and blessed to work here. I think my role is more so helping kids understand the recruiting process, trying to get kids maximum exposure, and, and having relationships with college coaches. So I, I talk to Leonard often. I talk to Shan. I talk to, um, you know, the coaches at Idaho State. Shout out Mike Farrader. Um, I talk to Pat McCann at Eastern Washington. I'm talking to coaches at UW, Cal, Wazoo, like all over the place. I just talked to a coach from LSU, actually. Mm. Um, oh, wow. So that's that's my job, man, is just to build relationships. Mm-hmm. So when, when people say, I know there's like a stereotype. I've always been a big fan of 7-on-7 seven because seven, we used to do it in my high school. <clears throat> excuse me and then like arizona's big big into it too and there's some people who are yeah. like oh seven on seven is not real football seven on seven yeah. you can't get recruited from seven on seven it's just a stereotype i mm-hmm. am a personal fan of it and i think you can yeah. what would you say to people who disagree with that statement <clears throat> well i mean i think look hotels didn't like airbnb taxis didn't like uber right like that that's just is what it is. If yeah. something new comes in, people aren't going to like it. But what I can say, you know, is that it's tremendous help for one exposure, two reps. Um, but I think it is a it, it's a recruiting tool. It's an off season tool. It's not eleven on eleven tackle football, and I think mm-hmm. we know that. But for an interim space to introduce spring football in the state of Washington in the Northwest, it's been huge. So I'm a fan of it. I think it can improve your recruiting. I'm not necessarily thinking that it will get kids offers. I've seen it happen. Yeah. Um, but I think ultimately what it does is give kids live reps, gives kids live reps. And then what will, it was a segue into, it was a segue into what will be now club football. Got you. So what's your, what's your favorite seven on seven play to run? If you, cause I know, I know oh, you 90, coach a little bit, but what's the, I do. I do. It's called 95 Z post. So let me see if I, I might have it in my notes here and I'll oh. show you. And it is. So let me see if I can show you guys. Uh, oh, there we go. So pretty oh, much wow. right, we, we got our under the Sam over the mic. We've got our backside. So this backside here would now be mm-hmm. a post deep post. Mm-hmm. Um, you got this, this, uh, this slot over here, pulling your safety away. And then you obviously you've got your check down um, either if you're, if you're choosing, Oh, sorry. If you're choosing this side, sorry, I know you guys can't see. If you're choosing this side, you got your check down right. This is kind yeah. of a hot read. If you've got man coverage with no safety over top, you can take that shot. Dang. Yeah, man. That's awesome. So we, we try to run real concepts that will be random games, um, but it's hard when you're, like, throwing the ball every play. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm doing a call right now. What's up? You want to see Trace with his do-rag? Trace, you want to hop on this call? Oh, gosh. This is my guy in Montana. Oh, this is the Tracy Ford. Good. You guys got to see a special appearance. He's got his uh, velvet on. Yeah, you're going to make the, the call. The legend. Hey, congrats yeah. on the dub on Sunday. So, he said congrats on the dub. Yeah, we wow. did. So what? Um, emergency meeting at 1? No. At what? 11. 11. All right. That gives me 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. <clears throat> oh, they got Cade Bodine. Oh, my. You guys are getting the inside scoop here. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, we're coming off of. Breaking news. Coming, breaking news. We're coming off of, yes, we're coming off of a uh, a game as a top target. You've been individually selected as a top target, as a top target. Come on. You don't want to do that, Kate. Anyways, so. What happened? Much, what, happened? Uh, what, happened? what happened? So, okay. So, so for you guys that don't know, uh, you know, Ford Sports Performance, top, Ford's, or top sports performance facility, on the West Coast, uh, we put together a club football oh, yeah, team. And we just beat a team down south from air. Is that on your list? Oh Can yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get right to. We can always we can always edit. Let's just go out, right you know? to it. Okay. We'll go right to so, it. So we play this team from down south called Air. Um, you know, Tracy and Reggie kind of put together this event to get kids some offers and exposure. Right. Uh, obviously, that's a big thing with COVID. Limited seasons now. It wasn't in Montana, but in Washington, a little bit different. We only had four four or five games. So we put this game together good on good, right? I mean, we're talking about we had a five-star. I think the list was like, you know, somewhere between nine and 15 four-star recruits and then uh, 30, 38 three-star recruits in this game, right? So, you know, a who's who of high school football. Um, and we put it on and we had a star-studded, you know, sideline. We had Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright, um, you know, Richard Sherman, um, Cliff Averill, you know, some of the guys that are in college that are going to be some big names coming up. And we put it on, and, and we ended up winning, right, for sports, obviously. Mm. We are the best. Was it uh, close, won, was it? It was 35-14, so we, you know, uh, 21 them. Okay. Um, and so it was, it was a pretty big deal. We beat them, um, and now we're looking towards next spring to do something similar like that. So of the, mm. from that game, we have had nine, nine individuals get scholarship wow. offers. Not Nine individuals get scholarship offers. I think wow. it's somewhere in the number of, like, 50. Teen scholarship offers, five of them, it was their first offer, right? So it's a pretty big deal in terms of changing mm. someone's life. Um, but right now they're trying to, you know, get their wheel spinning. They're trying to get guys early. They're trying to select their team. Um, so that's what that's about. So they're already and recruiting for next they're year? They're already recruiting. Wow. They're already recruiting, but it's all right because you – know People come back. People come back right. home. Yeah, they're yeah, come yeah. back. They're going to come back, right? You're going to either be with the pros or you're going to be with the Joes. Mm. Did you ever so, watch that show, Pros vs. Joes? I did watch that show. Oh my god, that's an old. It was a show, great show. They need bro. to bring it back. They, they really do. So are those yeah. all Division One offers that they got too? Yeah, they a lot of them were. Um, nope. So D ones. Um, yeah, they're all Division One. So the cool thing that I've learned is like more often than not, uh, you know, D two schools are pretty late in the process to offer kids. Um, mm -hmm. you're, you're not going to see a sophomore or junior get a pick up a D two offer yeah. very often. Yeah. Um, they'll wait. They'll wait till your senior year where they see some game film and they see kind of what level you shake out as. Mm -hmm. FCS schools will typically offer guys like, you know, in the midst of that, that gap between junior and senior year. So after junior offseason going into senior year, if they feel like you're a first wave guy, um, some kids are late. Right. Some kids get their offer after their senior year, in their mm -hmm. senior year, whatever it may be. Um, but if you are an elite, like top level guy, right, I'm talking four star, five star kid, then you're going to see attention early. Right. And we have a few of those. We got, you know. 
I, I could name I can name drop some kids. Jaden Wayne is a five star DN we have from Lincoln. He's got every offer you could want. We've got Jabari Johnson, four star sophomore from um, Lincoln. He's got a few offers as well. Caleb Presley, we've got Isaiah Carlson, Jaden Lamar. We've got some freshmen with some offers. So that's kind of the way that recruiting has gone. Uh, but my role is more so there's a lot more people going FCS than there are going, you know, power five. So, so mm. I try to help the FCS kids, but I think we'll be all right. FCS you know? is getting better. Uh, honestly, it's getting more exposure. Oh, too. it's great. It's great. It's, it's great football, man. I mean, you think, you know, the probably the best receiver to ever play college football is from the FCS. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, Cooper Cub is, and then you see Kendrick Bourne, a guy from Eastern Washington that just signed a pretty lucrative deal. Mm -hmm. um, Carson Wentz, right. An FCS product, um, you know, Samori Torre just went Samori Torre. <laughs> so now he, he's going to, he look, but here's the thing. He's going to get overshadowed because they're going to say, Oh, he's from Nebraska mm -hmm. on draft day. They're going to say Samori Torre out of Nebraska. So, mm -hmm. but we know if you know, you know, yeah. Right? If you know, but, you know, yeah. yeah. Okay. Then you're, you're talking about guys like Trey Lance, right? Trey Lance, wait, what? Like three in the draft or something like three, mm -hmm. three or four. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. The FCS is is known now. I think we've gotten our respect. We just don't have the depth that the Power Five has. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously they're going to have the bulk of the draft picks. But the FCS, I think people know. Well, even like Jabril Cox, I don't know if you know who that is. He was like a linebacker from North Dakota State. Transferred to LSU. His grad grad year, kind of like Samori, what Samori's doing, and got drafted in the second round of the yeah. to the Cowboys. So I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, like transferring kind of helps, but I mean, FCS. Can, you know, just yeah, well, it's, it, here's the up. thing at it. Especially at any level, at any yeah. level, a college coach wants to see you play against elite talent. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So you get that like bump, like, oh man, he plays in, he plays in California. He's, he's pretty elite, right? Um, same thing kind of from an NFL draft scout mm -hmm. standpoint. It's like, they want to see you play against the best of the best. And so all love to Samori for making the move that he made. Um, you know, I feel like that's probably a good move for him. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he had much more to prove at the FCS level. I know my, I would have loved to see him finish his career as a Grizz mm -hmm. and, you know, break some records, but from a personal move yeah. standpoint, I could understand it and I support him and, um, you know, GBR, go big red. Mm -hmm. You see it. Hey, you see what number he's wearing. I was about to say, I was about to say, did you, did you push him for that number or like what? I, I didn't. No, nah, I didn't, man. He sent me a, a picture of it and just said, yeah, man, this is what I'm rocking. I said, man, kudos to you. And I think it all goes down to um, ultimately the guy that inspired me is like Jamal Jones. So he was number six, man. Um, and he's the guy that kind of started that legacy of six. Um, if you, if you will, right. I don't know if it'll continue, but he's the guy that did it for me. Is that kind of and Drake? Does that kind of like play oh, just happened to be, and stuff it, or what? It just it just happened to be Drake. It wasn't so much that was the focus. It was more so, hey, I actually wanted to wear seven. Um and I want to wear seven. I went to stack. I'm like, stack, I want to wear seven. And he's like, you're gonna wear six. And I was like, all right. Okay. Can't complain. So that's that started that. Damn. So as as a director of recruiting and stuff, um, I know you guys are doing a huge like recruiting trip coming up. I saw you post about it. Just kind of yeah. talk about that and just talk about how that role came to be. And are, are you doing this like full time right now or is it part time or? Yeah, yeah. So I, I am doing it full time. Um, this is a salaried position. So I'm fortunate to have a full time job in the midst of a pandemic and, and one that I love, one that, you know, like I said, is around something that I love doing football. But the recruiting trip. Um, you know, we feel like guys from the Northwest are slept on, to be honest. And, and I think that goes back to like even someone like myself, 
someone like myself, I mean, some of the guys that have come out before me, like it was few and far between that you found a kid being a national recruit or a four or five star recruit in the state of Washington, right? Until guys like Buda Baker, Miles Jack, Jacob Eason, Jacob Sermon, like bursted onto the scene. Um, and now we're like, hey, we've got this momentum. We've got a five-star DN. Let's take this show on the road and let's bring some of our top recruits, right? So if we could get seven, eight, nine kids that are like, we feel like are really, really good kids and deserve national attention, let's take them on the road. And we're in a position now where literally this year, we have the number one recruit in the country in JT Tui Malau, right? Like in the class of 21, we train the number one guy in the country. Mm. We train the number one quarterback in the country, right? Sam Heward. Yeah. So when you're talking about like, we have, we have it now, we we've mm-hmm. got the talent. So let's take some of these kids out and show them to these national brands. Um, and let's take them to Alabama. Let's take them to Auburn. Let's take them to Georgia. Let's take them to Texas. Let's take them to Texas tech. Let's take them to Texas A&M, TCU. Um, some of these, yeah, some of these blue bloods, right. Mm-hmm. That like would be, you know, we're getting those coaches to come out and recruit mm-hmm. kids now and say, why not? Right. Like how, when other time would these kids be able to fly down and see Alabama, yeah. you know? Um, so what do we got? We, we got time on our hands. So let's fly down there. Let's take, you know, take them away from their parents a little bit, take them down there with someone that we know the game. So we can mm-hmm. have conversations with these coaches, as opposed to like a parent just dropping your kid off at camp. Like you can't really advocate for your kid because you're, you're a biased parent. I'm unbiased. You know, I don't it's, like, I love these kids, but, Ultimately, I'm a, an evaluator yeah. of football talent, yeah. and I can tell a kid, hey, you're good enough to play there, or hey, you're not there yet. Not. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. So I know we're big college football fans and stuff. What university are you looking forward to, like, going and seeing that you probably haven't seen before? And then what yeah. coach are you going to walk up to? Are you going to walk up to Nick Saban and shake his hand? Or, like, what's the nah. – <laughs> So, so the, the, the thing is, is, in my job, I'm fortunate to have some guys that help me out. Um, yeah. You know, I think – Marcus Griffin is one of them. He played at Bellevue, played at Arizona, played at Central Michigan, and now he's back working. He does a lot of the O-line, D-line stuff. Um, and then a guy that, you know, you guys will know pretty quick, his name's Ryan Clary. As soon as Ryan Clary gets into a college coaching position, or not even a coaching position, a recruiting position, mm. Ryan Clary is going to be a household name. Probably okay. one of the best recruiters that I've ever met. Like, mm. he, that guy, he knows high school football. Mm. Um so the cool thing is, is that I don't necessarily have to go on every trip, right? So uh, I've got to delegate, like, hey, who's going here? Who's going here? So Ryan Clary and Marcus will be taking guys to Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, so I can get some things done here administratively. And then I will be going on the second leg, which is the Texas tour. So I think I'm, I'm probably most excited to see Texas, right? I mean, you talk about, like, a program that loves football. I mean, everything's bigger in yeah. Texas. So to be able to go up and, and I actually met Coach Sark when he was here at UW. So to be able to go up and shake Coach Sark's hand, maybe, you know, come across choke, give him an elbow. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but but, but um, to be able to go and walk up to those guys and, and have conversations with them and see those facilities, um, that's going to be awesome. So that that that's my trip is the Texas tour. So I'll see TCU, Texas and, and Texas. Um, and you know, I'm most excited to see Texas. Yeah, that's awesome, bro. So what um, I know, obviously, there's some people out there who are probably wondering, like, man, like college, I'm about to be a senior in college this year, which is insane, blows my it's, mind. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of nervous for adulthood. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do next. I don't know what job's going to happen. Yeah. Do you have any tips for people yeah. that are 
scared about adulthood and stuff and what are some things that you've learned experience it and just yeah yeah um you know don't put too much pressure on yourself right like you're learning right it's the same thing as when you started football like you're learning right you're you're essentially a freshman coming into a new university and this is just the university of life um so you got to make mistakes you got to learn you got to you know figure things out like mm. my big thing when i think i first was done was like i i wanted this big name job right when i didn't make it to the league i'm like oh i want this huge title that's like super looks really good to my mm. friends um this big salary and the thing is like man you're, you're at the bottom of the totem pole don't put too much pressure on yourself going to this is a new experience of learning um they say you don't really hit your professional prime until you're about 35. So keep that in mind, right? Don't put pressure on yourself as a 23 year old or 22 year old to be like uber successful. Just learn, go into it to learn and, and whatever you go into, make sure if it's not something you enjoy, make sure it rewards you in some other aspect, right? So maybe you have a job that's super flexible and that's what you like. So you enjoy the flexibility of your job. Maybe you have a job that you do love and you're super passionate about it, but it doesn't really pay you what you want. That's all right. Do it, right? Do it because you're passionate about it. Maybe you have a job that like you, you absolutely despise and you hate going to it. No, I shouldn't say hate, but you just don't like what you're doing, mm. but it rewards you financially. That's all right. Right. Mm. Like nobody's ever had, nobody's ever said like, you have to love your job. Right. That's what hobbies are for. Um, so that, that would be my three tips, right? If you find a job you love, do it. Even if it doesn't pay you what you want, find ways to make money outside of that. If you got a job that's super flexible and you love the flexibility, do it because it's flexible. If you got a job that rewards you financially, do that, you know, save a little nest egg to where you can do what you want to do on the side. Mm -hmm. For sure. And then because like <laughs> I remember the last senior meeting we took or whatever, we like all wrote down, I was like, what's Keating going to do? And like after college and stuff like that and nick germer wrote down like he's still gonna have cat videos on the story and then i think pe most people of us wrote because we knew you're gonna be a coach we had a feeling just like just like how your leadership was in the receiver room especially for me <clears throat> excuse me as a freshman appreciate it bro appreciate your time yeah, dude. for people absolutely i'm wondering what's the future have for keenan kern what what's what's keenan kern gonna be doing five years from now what's the what's the end goal man so um Obviously, I always want to help out and, and, and uh, sow into kids and, and help kids um, realize their dream. Um, but I think, you know, being 25, uh, I'm at a juncture where I've had to figure out, hey, do I continue to go in this route of football um, or do I take another another avenue? So I'm actually in the in the tail end of uh, figuring that out, man. I think if I were to tell you right now where I would be right, had to give you an answer. Um, I will probably be in a, in a, in a sales role in a corporate environment. That's got a pretty, um, high earning potential mm -hmm. so that on the tail, maybe in 10 years, I don't have to do that as much and I can come back and sew in the kids and maybe still work at Ford sports performance in some capacity. Mm -hmm. But I think I've found that this is what I like to do. This mm -hmm. is like, I love doing this. I love helping kids. Um, but as a, as a, as a growing and maturing man, You've got to think about, you know, what is going to set your family up for success long term. Mm -hmm. um, and at the end of the day, you got to think about finances. So mm -hmm. that's kind of my route is like, hey, I'm going to go into something that's maybe a little bit higher earning. Um, it, it obviously, it's about about on average six years for you to get a room as a college yeah. football coach. And I don't know if I can wait six years. So yeah, uh, maybe 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 phasing out of it, but we'll see. Right. I can't say that's just mm -hmm. right now. I'm like, hey, I think I'll probably be in 
some sales role at some company, you know, making, make, hopefully, hopefully fingers mm-hmm. crossed, making, making six figures yes, um, and just someone in the kids, man. Dang. Do you appreciate your time, bro? Thanks yeah. for doing this, man. Dude. Absolutely. Man, that was a lot of, <laughs> a lot of good stuff, bro. Absolutely, man. Well, I appreciate Hey, I appreciate you having me on, man. And uh, like, you know, if, if you need anything, man, I'm a phone call, a text away. Um, you know, keep, keep, keep helping those guys and keep, you know, striving for greatness and whatever you want to do, man. You too, bro. I hope to see you in Missoula soon. Yeah, absolutely. I'll type in with you. All right, Jackson. I right, appreciate you, bro. Peace. Bye. So that's a wrap of the fourth episode of the Groff Show podcast. Keenan Curran, great guy, great motivated dude. Um, just speaks truth and life into everyone. I really appreciate him coming on the podcast. Got some good news, some special news for the podcast. We are now available on eight platforms. Woo! Uh, obviously, YouTube, if you're watching, is our only video platform, and it will only be our only video platform is YouTube. But we have seven audio platforms, so there's no excuses for those out there who want to watch it or want to listen to it. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tapping in. Appreciate it. Catch you on the next one.